This is episode 4-2 of Free as in Freedom. Hi, I'm Karen Sandler. And I'm Bradley Kuhn. This is Free as in Freedom. And uh, we, we, we're, we're actually been back on schedule for a couple episodes now, uh, but somebody in the IRC channel, when I released uh, episode 4-1, mm-hmm. said, oh wow, new freedoms and freedom already, when it had been two weeks since the last release. Excellent. Well, we've, we've Under set- Under promise, ex- overperform. <laughs> we've set expectations so low now by our various hiatuses. Uh, so sad. Um, hiatai? I have to check with the Latin. And I was going to say, you're point. the Latin Actually, dude. I think that's a Greek root, so I don't know any Greek endings. I don't think it's actually a Latin root. Somebody will write in and tell us the actual etymology. We of... could probably structure the sentence so as to avoid it. Okay. So <laughs> uh, so I think we're going to try to get back on a two-week, every two-week. I, I think this... I think so. Part of our problem was we, we tried to do once a week, and I think that made it worse. It made it a lot worse, but also... then we, we felt pressure, and then it, there was, like, this feeling of, oh, also, we didn't do it, and now we're off schedule, and now it's two weeks, and what difference does it make? So we're going to be every week, you know what I mean? Well, there was also the summer conference um, schedule, so that's always tough. But the fact of the matter is, is we're still pushing through the, the winter I conference know. schedule. It's um, true. Yeah, we did, we did promise audio. Dan Lynch uh, mentioned to us uh, during, his, uh, the, during his editing, you know, to make sure that this audio was still relevant. And I actually think that all of the Fosdem talks remain relevant. I, certainly, I haven't heard yeah. th- these talks elsewhere, and I don't think that there's, uh, there's any content in them that's not recent. Uh, and current in some sense because it's a lot of its uh, long-term retrospective stuff like this talk today yeah yeah i think this talk the talk that we have today is is every bit as good today as it was in february correct and so um i would warn people actually uh on this talk if you're listening to it in a public or in a you know in a, a, a workplace or somewhere else, there's a lot of cursing in this particular speech. So you might want to be careful if you're listening around small children or <laughs> or in the workplace or any place. You might not want to have um, loud cursing coming from your computer. Right, and the, and the loud noises you hear right now is something different. And this is actually related to the reason for the delays. Yeah, I don't think it's that loud. Okay, well, we'll see how loud it comes through. But uh, I, I, um, I, I adopted two uh, dogs from a shelter, and uh, they're in my office right now. And they're they are around. adorable. So we had uh, we had baby sounds for one freeze and freedom, and now we have doggy sounds. Yeah, and uh, and and they were expecting their afternoon kongs right before uh, Karen got here. Dog owners know what a kong is. Um, those who don't, I'll put a link in the show notes. It's a it's a puzzle toy with food in it. Uh, for dogs, and they were expecting their afternoon one right as Karen arrived, and so I, I gave it to them, and they're still they're pretty happy. Yeah. So, <laughs> um, and I'll link to my my wife has a uh, has a Tumblr uh, blog. You know, she's running it. I don't use Tumblr, but she put it up on Tumblr. Uh, I'll link to it. it has uh, photographs of the dogs that people really want to see. They truly are dogs. adorable dogs. Yeah, they're just dogs, you know. Oh come I mean, on, you know I, they're adorable. I, I, they are good dogs. They are, they are, they are great excellent dogs. dogs. They are a um, actually. I have a blog post. I do want to write one once about my dogs on my blog, and, and mainly because I think. Uh, all right, I, I'll just cover this quickly on the, on the <laughs> podcast. Um, I, I think that the, 
dog ownership is a political issue in a lot of ways. Um, I, uh, my wife uh, spent a lot of time researching rescues and shelters, and there are so many dogs that need homes, and, and the idea of buying from a breeder, um, basically, there's, there's too many dogs in the world already. And so, no matter what you do, there's always going to be too many dogs because people don't do the right thing, they don't spay and neuter and all this sort of stuff. So it's always best to adopt from a rescue or a shelter. Uh, that when you get a dog and we we worked very hard and it took a long time uh, we've been planning to get a, a dog for years uh, for a year for sure and in some ways years my wife had looked for a whole year at rescues and shelters because we wanted a specific breed and it's sometimes tough to, yeah, to get, I mean, to get the dog one you have to wait about that as well but yeah, uh, yeah i mean my view on that yes there are political issues about the well actually all dogs are see my view i know some breeds are less healthy than others but all dogs are basically bred for brain damage because that's how they got domesticated. They're basically really, really, really stupid gray wolves. <laughs> yeah. So, but anyway. adorable, right? So anyway, <laughs> uh, so, so that's why there's dog noises. And, and I'll write that blog post eventually about the political issues around uh, dogs. But uh, you should, you should, if you want a dog, you should adopt one at a shelter or a rescue. But back to topic. Yeah, so this talk is not about dogs. It's uh, it's about it's about VLC about VLC uh, uh, presented by Jean Baptiste Kempf, who is the I guess the president of Video Land organization. Is I think so. I'm actually not sure. He says his title at the beginning, so okay. The well, fact that we haven't fact checked will. Well, let's uh, uh, without any further ado, let's uh, let him explain what he's talking about in his own words. Yes. So um, thank you for coming, and I'm sorry it's very early. I'm not awake yet, and I guess some of you are not yet. But uh, we'll try to make that uh, alive. Please stop me whenever you want, uh, and I actually mean that. Uh, don't wait at the end for the questions. Um, we are going to speak today about the relicensing of LibVLC and the VLC modules from GPL to LGPL. Um, if we got time, we could we might speak about other legal issues uh, that we have with VLC, uh, which are quite interesting. So, my name is Jean-Baptiste Kempf. I'm a French uh, geek, uh, engineer. I'm 29. I live in Paris. Um, I'm here to speak about uh, VLC. I am the Videoland president uh, and founder of the non-profit organization. Um, I'm one of the main VLC developers since 2006, 2007. Um, and I've been doing a lot of legal work, most of the legal work for VLC and Videoland uh, since a few years. So I have absolutely no lawyer background, uh, no, um, no law degree, but I've been dealing with a lot of shit, IP, DRMs, um, and all those stuff like that, and especially the French law. Uh, lately, I've been attacking the French government to get access to the Blu-ray DRM specs, um, and that's uh, getting funnier and funnier by the day. Um, so, uh, I will start out with a small history of the Videoland project because you probably don't know about it. You think you do, but you don't. Um, <coughs> the story is a funny one. So, here is uh, the Ecole Centrale Paris, south of Paris, and you have up there uh, the university and here the student. For a very weird reason, the, the, the campus, the student, is not owned by the school. Um, the university is a French minister, and this is the old friend of the Ecole Centrale Paris. This is important because 
the school doesn't want to take too much care of this. And the network campus uh, for all the students was managed by a non-profit organization named Via Central Réseau, um, who, was, um, who had a talking ring network in the 90s. Um, so it was really good, but 90s, 90, 91 was not fast enough. So um, they wanted to have a faster network, to mainly to play <laughs> Quake. Uh, and related games. But they went to university and say, hey, we need a faster network because this talking ring thing is shitty to play games. And they say, no, but I mean, t 10 megabytes token rings, this is enough. Well, was before 1995, so web was really not used that much. Um, and the university didn't have any money, and that was true, and didn't want to invest a few million francs for, for them. So they went again to ask there, here, and other people, and no one wanted to. Especially people say, you have no use for that. Um, and one guy from the French uh, TF1 network, broadcasting network, said, uh, it was the beginning, 1995, of uh, satellites, uh, that uh, if you can crush the network with video, put the satellite directly and destroy your network, we'll pay you a bigger network. Um, and that's how the Videoland project started. Um, and um, yes, so how, and that's how they paid. So they made a consortium in 1995, um, took one year, more or less, 1996, seven, to get all the money um, around with the school. But basically the school didn't have to pay anything. Um, and they started to do this project. Um, in 1997, they, the project worked. Uh, it was able to stream something like video. It worked for 40 seconds and then took all the memory and crushed everything. <laughs> but that's not a problem, the demo was 30 seconds. Uh, so uh, <laughs> that's exactly what they wanted. Um, and remember, in 1995, you had Pentium without MMX. Um, <coughs> and even 1998, uh, doing full MPEG-2 decoding without DSP cards was just crazy. Um, so the project was su successful via Central Réseau at the new network. The students were happy. Um, and they took some, those satellites dish directly onto the network using not really multicast, but almost, <laughs> right? Um, so in 1998, they rebooted the project because they realized that some design decisions were broken and the Videran project uh, started again with a full reboot. One of the ideas was to do open source um, and we'll see that it took quite some time to do that. Modularity was important, uh, especially to go to cross-platform. So when we speak about cross-platform, we speak about BOS and Linux, uh, not Windows, <laughs> not Mac. Uh, there was a very strong BOS community around VLC. Don't ask me why. Ask Alexi, he's at the back, he knows. Um, and one other important thing was it was network-oriented. And this is very important because this is one of the reasons why VLC was popular, is because it was network oriented, it could play broken files. Because when you're network, you never have the whole file. So when all those proprietary software crap wanted to have the headers at the end, VLC didn't matter. So you could download stuff on Emule and check that it's not porn without downloading the 700 megabytes. Of course, it doesn't matter those days, but in 2001 and two was important. And it was a second year project every year with a team of students taking over and over. In 2001, um, 1st February, so it's almost 12 years ago, two days ago, 
um, the headmaster of the school agreed to um, move to uh, the GNU public license, more or less. That's what it's written. Uh, it took them a lot of time because what they wanted it was to resell the MPEG-2 decoder and the A3 decoders like MIT did for the MPEG-1. But finally they realized that the students were again that and the project only lived by the students and done by the students. The school was just giving some marks at the end of the year but was not doing more. So it's really important to understand this was a, a student project. Um, Vidalan had lots of software projects. Um, most of you know uh, VLC, which is the VideoLAN client, uh, but there, was, there are a lot of other libraries. VLS, which was a server that is long dead, but also the, the project had an uh, MPEG-2 decoder, a Dolby decoder, the X264, which is the best H264 encoder ever, even better than all those um, paid uh, property encoders, uh, and used almost everywhere and a lot of other projects that, you, that are more for professional, more for broadcasting, um, are around the VLAN project. But today, we're going to speak about the cone. Uh, oops. Yes? Yes, the cone. Um, so the cone, um, there, is a, there is a long story behind this cone, but the fact is, there was a huge cone collection at the Ecole Centrale Paris on, on the 2H, which was the, 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 um, the building where all the gigs from the VIA, VIA association went and they made a huge cone collection and it kept this complete stupid, stupid icon for, for a, a, a software but that's why it's great because it's huge great marketing everyone knows the cone yeah. I mean so many people you know I work on VLC VLC no, no, what is it? You know, like the cone that play video? Oh, yes, I know that. <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean, this was completely not thought, and it's probably one of the best marketing decisions ever done. Uh, and probably it was done while some people were drunk. <coughs> <laughs> um, yeah, remember, this, this was, and this is a, a, a student project. Um, I have to say that in 2005 and 2006, the project was getting less, um, less good. Um, and was more difficult to, to, to manage. And so it moved slowly outside of the Ecole Centrale Paris um, in two or three years. And in 2008, we started to do a non-profit organization following the French law. And this is important. Um, and, and it took over the project. Um, so we are going to speak about uh, LibVLC license and the change of licenses. Um, so, uh, let's be technical. Uh, um, you need to understand that. So, basically how VLC works is you have a core, um, and as you're going to see, we don't have good names. So the core is named libvlc core. And above that, there is libvlc, which is a, a very simple library to access a core and to do applications. So, the VLC web plugin, VLMC, VLC, uh, the phone on backend for all KDE applications, uh, and so many others that attack directly libvlc. And then you got modules uh, that can do everything. So the core doesn't do much uh, except loading the modules, caring about the threading, caring about the memory allocations, and loading all those modules. It's important to know that in VLC, interfaces are modules. Uh, which is not what you would expect. You would expect the interface to be up at the applications. Um, and that's not the case. Historical reasons. 
Um, the VLC for Android and VLC for all the uh, mobile applications are using directly libvlc. So the core, as I was saying, the core is quite light. We're speaking about 80,000, 100,000 lines of code. Uh, it's very complex, but mainly it doesn't know anything about codec. It doesn't do any decoding. It's just memory, network, thread handling, platform abstraction, because you need to care about those broken platforms. Um, I'm not naming any yet. Um, and clock and synchronization. Uh, it knows what is an audio and video track or a subtitle track. Um, but above that, so as I was saying, uh, there is libvlc, which is a simple multimedia framework. And libvlc um, has binding for all the languages. Um, and it's not as complete as other multimedia frameworks, but it can do what you need, which is, hey, I want to play this file in my application. So, Basically, the modules uh, are around 600,000 lines of code. So as you can see, it's way more code than, uh, than, um, than the rest. Um, but you have to understand that in an average VLC uh, distribution, and I'm going to speak about VLC distribution, there is 50 or more external libraries. And we speak about 5 million. This is a low estimate. But for the Windows version, last time I counted, it was more 8.5. So even if the video and project is on the VLC project, we depend a lot on other software, um, especially Libavi codec um, from the FFmpeg Libavi or Libavi FFmpeg, depends on your religion, um, is a very important uh, part of the community. So um, this is the end of technical. We're going to speak about uh, legal stuff. So relicensing history. Hello, guys. Um, so, according to the logs, um, August 4th, 2007, um, there was a discussion with Little John, uh, Filippo Carone, I think, um, who was the GVLC developer. Um, GVLC was the Java binding for LibVLC. And Remy Komish, uh, who just arrived. Uh, <laughs> who is uh, so far our biggest contributor by far. Something like he has 10,000 commits when the next one has 5,000 or something. So, so, um, so I, I joined the project in 2006, so I did, don't even remember this comment. Um, but what Little John said that um, we should relicense the library libvlc to LGPL because it makes sense to use it as a library. Um, and someone on IRC, probably Remy, said this was un unrealistic uh, because this was too much work. Um, then some time passed, and in uh, Viderland Dev Day 2008, which was the first one, when we decided to do the non-profit organization, I think Pierre Derbemont uh, mentioned it. Uh, Pierre Derbemont uh, was uh, one of the biggest uh, Mac contributors with Felix. Uh, he cared about uh, VLC Kit, which is a libvlc binding for Cocoa, uh, and so he named it Kits because they love that. Um, and he said, yeah, you know, libvlc should be LGPL too, so we can do other applications. But nothing happened until the end of 2009, where we had the second uh, Vidran Dev Days, and um, 
Rémi Durafort, who is just here also, uh, starting mailing uh, everyone to do the relicensing of um, libvlc. Uh, what's important is that at that time we just did the libvlc core and libvlc. So this is just the core of VLC, so you could do... The idea here was more to do, uh, to allow a very simple application, but of course, applications without the modules uh, based on VLC are useless because they can't do anything. And then we arrive to the very shady ground that Gstreamer is using, which is having a LGPL interface to GPL code, which is something that uh, a lot of us did not like. So it went on, and especially this year, well, last year, I spent a lot of time to LGPL all the, what I call decoding modules, which is codecs, access, protocol handlings, and so on, um, with a few uh, limits. Uh, for example, we decided, um, not to do the interfaces, uh, not to do the streaming so far, and not to do anything that could help people do scams or copy of VLC application without, um, um, without uh, respecting the GPL. Um, so this is a history, and we're going to discuss how I did it and the reasons. Um, so why? Any questions so far? There shouldn't be. Yes? How many people did you have to ask? That's how you'll see okay. afterwards. All right. All right. Um, so, why? Why not? Um, okay. So. That's <laughs> um, so jokes aside, why? Uh, the first reason is um, GPL violations. So basically, the GPL social contract could be argued to be: uh, you got free code, but you contribute more or less. I, I'm, I'm oversimplification. Oversimpl simplifying for all of you, but maybe this is the idea. Uh, you can do whatever with, use the code, you can modify it, but please, you contribute back. That's the idea. Of course, then you have a legal about this social contract, but this is the idea. However, with VLC, we have had numerous GPL violations. Um, last, I think it was in November, I looked on the Mac App Store, I had something like 250 GPL violations. When you do download VLC, VLC free on Google, all the top results are AdWords for shady website. And um, there is a lot of companies, there is a Mac player uh, for Blu-rays that is using VLC and so many others. It's so disgusting that we don't even look for them anymore. Um, there is also a few ones who are repackaging VLC for broadcasting reason. Uh, I won't give names, but and they are just violating. There were people, um, Chinese people, who have mobile, uh, who did some HDMI video output, and we never got the code back. Um, and when we asked for help to other known organizations, basically the answer was, fuck you. Uh, you're not big enough, you're not Busybox, you're not the Linux kernel, so we didn't give a shit. Um, uh, yes, that's, that's not funny, but that's the truth. Um, when we asked for help, uh, there was no help from the, from the rest of our community, uh, the open source community. And as the VideoLand project has always been uh, working good, but with very limited, uh, um, very limited fundings and, 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 and resources, people said, well, you can do it yourself. Well, guess what? No. No one is working full time on VLC and doing fighting GPL validations that just pop up and pop up and pop up all the time is impossible. And of course, I, I guess most of you don't use Windows, um, so you don't know how you install software on Windows. 
let me explain you. So those days, you go on a web, you go on Google, you ask for a software. The first five or six results, um, except outwards, are, are, are shady websites. They are going to install spyware, uh, Babylon toolbar, as.com toolbar, uh, ant fake antivirus, and so on. Um, now, if you update Java, for example, on Windows, it's going to install some spyware and some toolbars. Um, when you do update of Flash, it does the same. They remove that lately, um, and so on. So it's and 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 the people who pay for those installs uh, are paying a lot of money. Uh, Google, for example, <laughs> proposed to us to install the Google toolbar for something like one dollar per install. Um, so those days, you can. Imagine that VLC is doing 900,000 downloads per day. Okay, that's an average. Um, imagine the money that people can get for that. Um, so and curses you get uh, in return. Yes. Um, so this was this is just too disgusting. We just stop fighting GPL uh, violations. So the result is is, uh, is completely. We're breaking the social contract because those people are trying to avoid us because they know that they are violating the GPL. So they use this, but they don't contribute back. So basically, we, are, we got not any benefits of the GPL, but only the pain and the chasing of people. So one idea is just to, hey, okay, we're not going to be able to fight you, but at least contribute. So we put that on the LGPL, so you will be able to at least at least help us on the core of the recording. Do your Mac application for Blu-rays. Do your stuff, but at least contribute back um, to fix bugs. Um, the second reason, please, please, yes. Uh, I'm going to quote Remy. Um, they write the code for fun <coughs> and all to address the need of their, to scratch their own itch. The, a lot of people in the video and community care about shipping code to other people. Um, we'll see after that a lot of people, when asked about the LGPL, said, come on, I don't give a shit. Um, so that's important. A lot of people on the video and community since a long time care about shipping this to many users um, and have their, their code um, used a lot. It's good for your resume, it's good for your reasons, you learn a lot. There is lots of languages around VLC. You can do assembly, C, C++, Objective-C, Java, and now C Sharp. Um, and of course, there is some Python bindings, and uh, it's a project where you have to deal with a lot of users, uh, and there is lots of fun legal stuff also. So there is a lot to learn. The third reason is, to me, very important. Um, this is the competition, I, and I'm speaking just about the free software competition. So, we're a bit in the middle because uh, also I said LibAVFMPEG because I guess there were more LibAV than FFMPEG around. Um, <laughs> but, but this is one thing. So, LibAV used to be only good for LibAV codec mainly. But the more it goes, the more it does. And it's getting better and better. Of course, it's very difficult to use. The API is a nightmare, it's changing all the time, and, well, we don't even speak about APIs because they don't know what it is. Um, they don't know what is versioning, um, well, Not but really. they do 
amazing things that no one else is able to do, which is reverse engineering codecs and do it quite quickly, and the, they have the best codec ever. But they moved uh, two years ago, two or three years ago, to LGPL. Uh, that means that for companies that want, hey, I just want to play this, um, I want to play this, well, sometimes they have, oh, libvrt would work, but, you know, I'm afraid of this GPL thing, so, well, okay, it's going to be harder, more time, but I'm, at least I'm going to use libavi codec, because it's LGPL. And it always was. Yes, but a lot of places were not, and now it is. Only SVSK were. That's not true. AC3 decoder for a long time wasn't, um, which is important for many, many people uh, because the table of work and weren't, uh, and, and other stuff. Some, some filters, the interlacing filters weren't, and, and so on. So we're between Libavi and GStreamer. Um, so GStreamer is a nice LGPL front end for GPL code. Um, and this is, uh, I think, uh, something that everyone agrees and thinks it's a good idea. Um, but a lot of people invested a lot of time and money in GStreamer, especially big corporation, namely Nokia and Intel, um, because they didn't want to fight and, and to care about codecs. Um, and they didn't want to deal with GPL code. So I think there, there is a big hypocrisy. Um, so basically, and GStreamer does so many other stuff that is great. I mean, VLC and LibVLC cannot compete with GStreamer on so many use cases. But on the base use cases, which is, I have this application, I need to play this file. Or I need a rendering uh, in my 3D application. Um, LibVLC could fit. The problem is that we are between something that is bigger framework and the core library. And both of them are LGPL. And basically, we are in the middle. So guess what? If you're not LGPL, yes. Um, so the competition. And I'm just speaking about the free software competition because the rest doesn't exist. And commercial interest. Um, uh, the third truth about VLC, even if we have a very active community, is that we spend a lot of time activating this community uh, because we don't have enough VLC developers. Um, we have way too many users. Um, and we're not afraid when some guys are assholes to tell, we don't need you. Uh, this is true. This is sad, but it's true. We have way too many bugs. Um, and people committing every, every week, we're probably three or four, and not more. Uh, of course, there are lots of developers around, but the very core is three, four. And if you take the people very active, we are 12. This is not enough. We could have, have like two or three engineers full-time just to do the support. Um, so we need to have people who depend on VLC for their work um, because then we would get more bugs fixed. Um, and so commercial interest, LGPR, uh, is important. Uh, well, could help reversing the, strat, the trend. Will it work? We have no idea, but that's a bet. Uh, so far, we've seen some people, some companies, uh, a bit more around VLC, um, but we're not sure if it's going to be enough. Um, and the last, I think it's the last one, uh, reason, are the evolution of the video industry, uh, which is at some parts mobile, and at the other parts what I call broadcast, 
and sorry to run, uh, when I say broadcast, I mean all professional usage, which is also contribution, distribution, and all those things. Um, why is it important? Uh, because there are a lot of new licenses. Um, I'm thinking of uh, Farnover, I'm thinking about uh, Decklink, uh, other SDI cards which have a special SDK um, for accessing their, their cards. Um, and there is a lot of those, uh, especially for broadcast. And those have licenses that are not GPL compatible. Um, and of course, there is the Apache 2 uh, boosting around because of Android, or, or thanks to Android, depending on where you sit. Uh, and the LGPL is more compatible because it's more flexible. Uh, we'll see that it has changed, of course, for distribution, but mainly that's the idea. Um, there is a sad thing is that on the mobile market, there is a hate for a GPL3. Um, I think so far that a lot of this hate is wrong uh, because they did not understand it. But whether it's right or wrong, this is too late. This is, in a lot of companies' ideas, uh, GPLv3 does not match for blah, 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 and blah, blah, blah. You can put blah, blah, blah as you want. So the fact is, for mobile, even if they are wrong, they have these ideas. And you know how big those people and business people are to convince. We spend a lot of time telling them the difference between open source and free software. So if we have also to, to explain them the difference between GPLv2 and 3 and why they are wrong, we are fighting a fight that is too big for us. And then for the broadcast, I mean professional video, there is a fear that is completely ridiculous about GPL contamination. Um, they don't understand what is a GPL, uh, they refuse to do that, but they are just completely afraid. Uh, they don't mind contributing code because I think a lot of those companies have understood that the total cost of ownership, yes, you need to say a word like that. Um, <laughs> bingo, yes. Of forking is a lot. Forking VLC is very, very difficult. Building VLC is very difficult, but also forking VLC and merging all the patch all the time. I mean, VLC has, I don't know, 10, 10 commits per day in, in average, and some are big and I don't even speak about all the other libraries. So forking it is very difficult. So a lot of those companies have understood that they shouldn't fork. Uh, they should contribute back because it's in their business. It will cost them less money. But what they don't want is GPL contamination. They're usually very suspicious at LGPL as well. Less, to be honest, way less. Because it's lesser, GPL. <laughs> because it's lesser. <laughs> or library, but let's say lesser. Um, why not? So there was a lot of discussion. Um, why, what were the reasons we didn't do that? Uh, not for mobile. Okay, so there is a lot of discussion whether we did that for mobile. We did not do that for mobile. First, as you've seen, the discussion went in 2007. Okay, so that was before the iPhone and, and all those stuff. Um, so we didn't think at all about those app store in 2007. Um, and especially, clearly not for iOS, because the only two video and audio outputs that are not LGPL in the VLC code are the one for iOS. So you have a typo. Hmm? You have a typo. It says not GPL. 
And you said not oh, LGPL. Uh, not LGPL, sorry, of course. Oh, the iOS one. And the Android, Google oh, Play, right. App Store, whatever the name, they decide. It's almost GPL compatible, this is discutable. But the Windows Store one uh, is, at least in the idea, GPL V2 compatible. <coughs> and also the other important thing is VLC is still GPL V2. Because you have a lot of other stuff. You have control modules, uh, you have web interface, the main interface, all the main interfaces are still GPL V2 or later. And this is this has not changed and will not change for the scam reason we discussed before. Moreover, we have a, a trademark. Well, we have several trademarks. VideoLine, VLC Media Player, VLC, X264, X264 X265, and so on. And those trademark licenses are quite clear. You cannot use the name, those trademarks, to promote, help, spread any software that is not open source and free software. And this means that VLC is still going to stay GPLv2 or later, and I don't think any of the video link community is discussing elsewhere. Um, I have to say here that it's not exactly true, because VLC on Android, for example, is GPLv3. Uh, because if you code an application uh, on, on Android, you must have G ship uh, Apache to code. People who say otherwise are liars, or they don't understand their own code base. Um, be because you need to have th those compatibility layers that are in Java that are Apache tools. So the facto VLCs on Android is GPLv3. The code is GPLv2 on, uh, later in all the files, but the facto the distribution is GPLv3. Um, and I think that's for Windows. Mobile, for example, uh, if ever we finish the port, uh, <laughs> which is going to be com very, very complex, right, Karen? Um, it's going to be GPLv2. Um, if you were here yesterday about the App Store discussion, you know that I speak a lot with uh, big companies, uh, Microsoft, uh, Google, and Apple, to help them get more uh, GPL compliant for the App Stores. Um, some are responsive, the other less so. <laughs> um, so I think I'm, I'm done for the reasons. Um, let's say about how. And I'm going to answer your question. We don't have any copyright assignment because this would be evil. The <laughs> um, Software Foundation disagrees. I don't care. It's evil. The copyright assignment is open source, not free software. Numerous people to contact. Around 300 people to contact. Uh, some not active since 1999, so before it was moved to GPL. And you have also to understand that, um, as I said at the beginning, the Ecole Centrale Paris allowed to move to the GPL. Well, there was a mistake there. But also we had to discuss with the school, because they claim they still have copyright, which some of us would disagree. Uh, but they have a case uh, with a French law. Um, so, first step, listing people. So, we used uh, a very nice script uh, written by Remy, uh, which is what I call git blame extended. 
which is um, you get blame all the file with a lot of extended options like minus C, minus C, minus C, 10, minus M, minus M, 20. Means basically if you copy paste to 10 characters, it's going to detect who actually wrote the code. Um, this took a long tap and lo long time of CPU power. So this helps to give you actually who wrote this line of code. But this is not enough. Why? You need git log or SVN log or whatever because you could claim that if you wrote a module, even if your code got rewritten in the end, the idea is still present and the copyright is still present. Um, so you need to use git log uh, to check. And then you need to use grep and hook and find and blah, blah, blah. Uh, um, to check that there is not someone who is not in the git log but has the author name in the file or if the, in the git log there was a patch by blah 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 because well we were using CVS and then SVN and the, I think the main reason for legal to use git is because it, it keeps proper authorship and this is very important if you don't have any copyright assignment but we don't because it's evil um, so once we have that, um, we have the list creation, which is clean this list. Uh, why do you need to clean it? Uh, well, because people use different names, different email address, um, because some people um, are, of course, anonymous, and, and so on. Um, I have a huge Excel spreadsheet uh, that is not public. Um, it's going to stay inside the association for uh, legal reasons, but uh, that helped me tracking. And of course, as we do, for example, libvlc core at the beginning and libvlc, and then one year later, the VLC modules. Some people during the relicensing of libvlc core said, "You can do whatever you want with my code, or you can relicense all my contribution to a copyleft license, or you can do relicense everything to an OSI license." And then mailing. <laughs> Mailing and updating the list, and mailing and updating the list. Uh, this took a long time and a lot of my, um, a bit my sanity and my long nights watching some James Bond movie or the other, the entire Stargate SG-1. Um, <laughs> that, the people ask me why I watch all those, uh, well, when I was watching Stargate SG-1, I was doing RTPL work. Um, the results, bouncing emails, People not responding, slow persons, assholes. Um, we have assholes in our community and morons. Um, this happens, you know that. Uh, I think we have less annoying people in our community, but when you have 300 people, you have one or two assholes. That's well, you lead and develop a. I won't give names. <laughs> well, not not publicly. But what did they do that? Yeah, well, what, what leads them to call for you to call them that? What did they do when you asked them that that makes you say they were assholes or whatever? Um. So, there are quite a few. Th there is one or two people, or people will realize who I'm discussing, <laughs> um, who do free software and don't accept that their code is going to be changed. You know those kind of people who are maintainer of a piece of code <laughs> and don't want people to touch it or update it or improve it. But, but, you, but you weren't asking them to change the code, you were asking them to change the license. No, but even that, they were already morons. 
before that. <laughs> they were morons before the mailing. Right, but so what did they do in response to the mailing which made you upset at them? Oh, no, 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 no. I was upset against them before. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I knew that they wouldn't answer me. What I mean... Oh, so, so they're people who didn't answer because they just... Because they were angry at you for something else. Because they were annoyed at you for some other reason. No, uh, before mailing them, I knew they were morons. So I know that they wouldn't answer. Um, so the results was more or less, after three emails, 50% of answers. And the answer was mainly, okay, well, we'll see the answer afterwards. And then when you've done three emails, one, after one week, you just drop about those person and we we'll see how we go afterwards. Um, so then it's back to stalking. So how do you <laughs> do a stalking? <laughs> so, <laughs> so stalking 101, first email. IRC, Freenode, ResoSub, uh, all those Mozilla have a separate network, I don't know why. Um, emails, other emails, other, 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 other emails. So that's a very basic. Then Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, Holo, Freecode, Centralien.net, I'm sorry, um, it's uh, the, the Central Paris community because still a lot of contributors were from there. GitHub, um, Google Plus, website, Google, um, and so on. So that's basically what you would expect. And of course, this is clearly not enough. Um, because I wanted um, for a very simple, I wanted to be completely safe on what we did. Even if the guy had one line of code, I wanted to contact him. That's why it took me a long time, but I wanted to, that no one could tell me, hey, you fucked up. Well, I fucked up, but for other stuff. Then you got the sneakier ones. Uh, LinkedIn emails, you know this thing to recruit people? Um, so I bought some uh, with my money to do that. You friend people on Facebook? Yeah, uh, well, you unfriend them afterwards, but it's true. <laughs> weird, weird social networks, so I, I, I think I've subscribed to five different social networks. Well, you have listed only two here. Uh, because I'm ashamed of Ah, then you call them. That's fine. Call their boss. <laughs> Go to their work and wait until they show up. How many times did you do that? Uh, go to their work, two. Uh, call both, three or four. Uh, call them a lot. And then you get fucked up ideas. Who is? You look on who is of this domain, and then you look on what host it is, and then you check all the who is who are on the same address and, form and call all of them. <laughs> Two or three. <laughs> phone di directory. So you go and, and, and actually look them and you need a, a phone directory from a German place and then you ask for someone who speaks German to call them. <laughs> Why are you not answering to me? Uh, oh, but I thought that this was not for me. <laughs> Why do you think I, get, I emailed you ten times? Come on, friends. People who, some people have disappeared from the, the, the internet for reasons. Um, so what were the answers? Um, a lot of people, ah, I only coded five lines. Yes, but find lines is a copyright. Um, and here I'm going to say it. it's not, I don't care about copyright, I care about French right of authorship, which is different. Um, in France and in authorship countries, 
you cannot give all your rights. So you have rights that stay a long time, and when you die, a long time also. Uh, so a lot of people, yeah, I'm mean, small commits, I don't care. Yes, but you have to answer. Okay. Um, I have a few, and, and more than expected, people tell me, use what the fuck public license, or use BSD. Um, Besides Sam? Yeah, are they friends of Sam? No. No. Sam, um, so one of the reasons, uh, so at the beginning I was only, only wanted to do LGPL, and at the Videoland Dev Day 2011, when we discussed that at the meeting, then Rem said, yeah, but you know, it's not enough. And then there was Sam completely drunk and said, uh, you know what, you should do all the modules. And that's, what? that's because of Sam. <laughs> um, so no, no, not, and when I say what the fuck PL is, although people suggested MPL, BSD, BSD2 close, BLD3 close, MIT and so on. Um, a lot of people actually thanked me. And um, it's very interesting, there is a huge correlation of people sending a thank and people signing their emails. GPT, because of course I asked people if they could to sign uh, the emails, and you know, the more people were signing, people signing emails were the ones who answered fast, and thanking people. <laughs> um, a few people, the answer was talk to my company, I did that on my company time. And a few said, hey, please explain, or please discuss. And for example, some people also wanted some code because they said, yes, this is okay, but no, this module is too good, so not GPL. Um, those are the main uh, answer. And then the remaining issues. I see dead people. Um, How many? Two? Yes? Just curious, on the ones that people who said, go to my company, what was the response you got from the company when you went there? Were they generally accepting? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Absolutely no, no problem. I think the longest one was the BBC uh, for the Dirac decoder and encoder. And that's when I got the guy on the phone at the end of BBC said, but it's not already a GPL? <laughs> <laughs> so dead people, two. Um, this got difficult um, because explaining to the dad of a guy that was 20 years old when he died, that we need to change license when he doesn't know what software is. This was. Yeah, I, um, I, I don't mean to. I, I've said this before. Uh, if, if, if you make a will, if you're a copyright holder, and what I did in my will is I named somebody as the person who's going to decide so my wife doesn't have to deal with it. You should do, everybody should do this. Anybody could die at any time. Make a will that says this person in the free software community has the right to decide about my copyrights. I know it's morbid. But people have to do it. I'm sorry, Rob. No, no, please, please. Yeah. And, and, and Lydia could also speak about the KDE fiduciary agreement, yeah. which is also a very clever way of, of, of doing that. Um, I reverted some commits and code, and I'm not afraid to say that. I removed some features and some fucking weird options that VLC, VLC has thousands of, yes. Do you know quite how much code you had to remove? Um, not that much. I think I did uh, something like 10 commits reverts. And removing code features worth two or three options, I think. Rewrite code, delete white space uh, was mainly in, in the OpenGL module because of uh, someone. <laughs> uh, um, and that didn't, was, 
I, I mean, I did not focus too much on that because uh, I was more on the stocking part. <laughs> um, I think that also there was no one who said no. Absolutely no one. Was one guy said, I think this module should not because it's too good. Um, but I had to discuss with him to understand because he wasn't answering because I was completely fine and I thought I wouldn't succeed at the beginning. But a no answer is way better than a than no answer. And also we did something that was called is code isolation. So when you have a, a, a file, when you know it's LGPL, it's used by other files, and you know that who wrote the first function but not the other one, and one is okay, split the code, so one of the modules is going to be LGPL and not the other one. So we're arriving near the end of my So this is something very important. What if I did a mistake? So I did a mistake. Statistically, I did a mistake at some point. I mean, we're speaking about 300,000 lines of code at least, 300 people. I, I, I think I did not, but statistically I did, right? So I'm very sure about the first 32 people. I'll just stop, stop after counting 32. Um, and those are more than 91% of the entire VLC code base. And especially, and that includes all the modules. Uh, and then we have something that is quite legal but interesting with the French law. So, um, VLC and other open source projects are what we would call collective works. Or <coughs> so, the French copyright is weird because it's more work, more done for the work of art, music, piece of design, paintings. And you have three different kinds. The first one is a composite. But because of the GPL, every, uh, we are de facto composite and so voiding this category. And there are, there are two main uh, work, collaborative work. One is collaborative work and the other one is collective. None of them actually match what we're doing. Um, but Collaborative implies a most a finished work, and it only works with physical persons, which is not our case, because VLC is never finished, they are released all the time, you don't need to ask when you do a release to all the contributors, and we don't have only physical persons, because we have company, as uh, we just said. Collective implies a coordinator and a publisher, which de facto VIA and Videoland did, However, um, it says that you shouldn't have any trace uh, of individual person doing a mini meaningful work. So this is not exactly true because, as you've seen, we could give blame and think everyone. Um, Maybe it was not meaningful. Exactly. What does meaningful mean? That's a good question and there is no answer. Um, one of the answers is that there is a lot of jurisprudence in the last 10 years in France, 20 years, that move that almost all software-related group of work to collective. So, I think I did not do a mistake, but if ever I did a mistake, saying that Fidelan as, as a collective coordinator, and that the overall majority is okay. Five minutes. Yes, that's the last slide, great. Um, means that I'm quite safe on that. Um, 
So, but for this part, we could discuss for hours. Um, and this comes to my conclusion because I have only five minutes left. Will it work? Will it change anything for VLC? No idea. So I have a question about that. How do you plan to measure success of this change? Have you kind of got some contribution metrics before and you're going to take them afterwards? Or how do you, how do you know? I mean, you, you seem to have some goals which are increased contribution. Yes, uh, or at least not decrease. Or at least not decrease contribution. Uh, have you um, taken some measurements beforehand and then we'll take some afterwards to measure? Yes, uh, I did. Um, for example, we have had some, some code from um, two chip manufacturers so far. One for a peer-to-peer -peer company, um, one for a cell phone maker, um, two broadcast people. Right, but those are, you know, you can, you can say that we have these anecdotes, but have you yes. got any actual figures? Because those people could have contributed anyway, you don't know, and you kind of have to measure and look at so the trends. So far, I, I don't, I plan to do that, but so far I don't have any yet. Um, because um, some of them tells you on IRC or something, hey, because you move, we're going to use it. So, we, for example, we know that the French post office is going to use VLC because of the LGPL move. And this was clearly stated in the mail. But that's one example. I, I don't know. I have no idea um, how this is going to fare. And, well, one other quick question is that you said that when you were on the GPL, Lots of people violated your yes. your your uh, your. And I'm sure that's true. VLC is a very popular bit of software. Um, it seems odd, though, to say um, we have this license and nobody is respecting it, and so we're going to change the license so all of these nasty people are in fact now in compliance with the license. Well, is that no. they're still violating. Well, okay, they're probably still violating the All right, if instead it's they're violating our license, so we're going to change our license, so they're still violating it. I don't understand why that situation actually has any bearing at all, because you said it caused what? you lots of pain, yeah, yeah, sure. but and you did have the right to just ignore them, and then it wouldn't have caused you any pain. Yes, right. but now we have a list of the ones we want to target and we're going to mail them and say, hey, now, you know, you should move to our new version because it's LGPL and we know you have contributions. Uh, let's move forward together. Help us merge your code. So you, you think that if you can persuade them to yes. merge the new code, yes. then you will actually get contributions out of them? Yes. Hmm. Should have we done it? I think so. Uh, especially because it was interesting <coughs> for me. <laughs> to learn a lot of stuff and also have a good, a better vision of our community and our past community history. But this is still the questions. So thank you and please, what questions? Yes, Brad. So I, I, I think, I've, I've, I've told you this before, that I think you did a really excellent job. It's, it's a mod like Jerv's work with, with the MPL relicensing stuff, or the, the relicensing stuff Jerv did. Both those are great examples of good work doing relicensing. So I'm, I'm, very, glad, I'm, I'm very glad you did it correctly. And I, I, everything you said, I think, is you, 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 the process was very good. Um, the, the, the interesting thing I see is, is you point out that GStreamer and mPlayer, they do these things that aren't very good, which I agree with you about. No, mPlayer doesn't. They are completely safe on GPL. Okay, well, but, 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 but basically, okay, well, at least you point out GStreamer, the way they do the yes. exact thing, and I agree with you about that. Um, but I, I always liked it that VLC was sort of standing up for strong copyleft and saying, we're going to stick with it. 
And that's why I was sad, because it seems like you're, you're kind of giving up partially on strong copyleft. And I'm sad about that. And I, and I, and I understand you're doing the usual trade-off, which is the trade-off between adoption versus copyleft, which, which is, oh, that's why people pick Apache, because it's adopted easily. And so I understand why you're doing the trade-off, because you want to get more adoption. And, yes. and I agree with you that LGPL will help. But, no, but why did you leave us? Why did you leave us? That's, that's what I'm sad about. Yes, it's yeah, it's the, the, the client still is. I mean, the main client still is. The main client the still is, and this is still what what is important for the users, mm -hmm. and we're introducing them to to to, so, to free mm -hmm. software, and that's important. The only thing I hope is that, well, a lot of hard work in VLC is demuxes and stuff used by professionals, mm -hmm. and and there are a lot of bugs, and only people paid professionally will fix them. So, what I hope is that by doing that, we will get code fix for the GPL version of VLC. Okay. Um, you're, probably, you're probably right uh, at some extent. Uh, as you might have seen, um, I did the work, but I was never the one pushing for it. I mean, uh, the people who actually took the decision were Little John, uh, Remy, uh, Kumish, of course, and, and Sam were the one pushing them, and Ivoire also, and then I was more executing it. Um, so that's also important. Um, what we're trying also to discuss, um, and yes, there is not, not, not time left, but um, um, I'm also, we, we, for example, in VLC, compared to mPlayer, I don't think mPlayer is violating the license, mm -hmm. but they are doing other evil stuff, like loading oh, yeah. a lot that's of binaries, and I they know. ship those Win32 codecs. Yep. Um, we don't. And they haven't merged with well. VLC yet. And, and we don't. Uh, for example, we tried to get some money to have bounties to reverse engineering codecs that we are sending directly to Libaby Codec and Libaby. And this How is a fact. Well? <laughs> um, so, for example, we got like some code fix, H264 and multi-threading, MPEG4 multi-threading, MSS2. Uh, we paid money on that. We still have bounties for uh, Dolby, um, TrueHD. We have also money for D2M2 and D2M3. What I think is happening is, is, is while, you, while you're, what you're doing is completely honorable, I think we're in a context where people are obsessed with, with saying that strong copyleft is dead and nobody wants it anymore. So I think, I think this situation is being used by other third parties to yes. say, oh, this is, you, you, you don't want GPL anymore. Yes. And so, and so, and so you guys are kind of getting manipulated by sure, this, sure. these other people. Sure, but you should also know, and I'm telling you directly and other people who are from Free Software Foundation, the Free Software Foundation needs to adapt now and quickly about the new threat, the trends. Saying this is bad, this is bad, this is bad is not a solution. This is my personal opinion. But saying that all app stores are bad is going in a way, in a direction that is not the right one. We need, it's more clever and more in interesting to have a clear vision about what should we do on app stores and how do we go forward. Yeah, I, I, and actually on copyright design, I'm on the board of FSF and I've been advocating as a director of FSF to end FSF's copyright assignment. I mean, I haven't succeeded yet, but I think a lot of the points you raise, yes, I agree with you, FSF does need to adapt. Um, and, and we're trying to. I, I think, I, it's, I mean, it's an old organization that takes time to move. So, so I agree with you. So, uh, I, 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 think, I think we yeah. really just have to thank Jean Baptiste. That was really yeah. great.
So I thought that was pretty interesting. Um, there are some things in there that um, surprised me to hear, actually. Well, and, and folks can hear me at the end of the recording asking questions. I, there, there's a, I'll link to in the show notes a rather uh, public blog post, uh, post that was public that I made. Uh, the Jean-Baptiste had issues with, I actually made changes to the blog post based on his issues with notes, and he was never happy with what I was saying. Because basically we disagreed about a policy question, mm. and his argument was that if you, you have to agree with me about the policy and so I didn't. Um, but I, I was I was pretty frustrated with a couple of things in this talk. I, I was he hadn't told me before when I had exchanged email with him that, that this thing about that, that, that he says he says the GPL enforcement people told him he wasn't busy box I don't go know away. who he is referring to by that. Did he talk to you? No, I never talked to him about this. Uh, and I've been involved with BusyBox enforcement in one way or another basically since it began, when Eric first contacted me in the early 2000s before Jean-Baptiste was ever working on VLC. And I don't recall, you know, I don't know. I don't want to say too much because I... And I, you've been a lawyer uh, to BusyBox at times. Yeah, and, and, so. and at SFLC and sort of a, mm -hmm. you know, I don't know. Yeah, and, and if, if he had, if, if Jean-Baptiste had contacted me and said he needed help with enforcement, I would have absolutely helped. Yeah. Um, I, I was never asked. Uh, I, I think that it would have been possible to help him. I, oh. At the very least, I would have given advice and, and, and given them Or even after that as well. You know, I mean, you and I have both helped with relicensing efforts as well. Yeah. So, you know, he, 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 did, well, he did a great, he did actually, a great job, that but part, he had yeah, to do it all by himself. On that part, so, I want to be clear that he did. And I said this in my blog post way back, that, that it's clear he did a very excellent job making sure he had checked everything. He oh, no, absolutely. And I don't, I don't object to the, his methods in doing that at all. Yeah. I was just saying that and I felt I, bad should... that he did it all by himself. Right. Well, we should <laughs> be clear. So I mean, because because you, you have some critical things. I have some critical things to say about the talk. But the, the, the fundamental part of the talk was doing a relicensing effort. And I think on the key issue that he was talking about, his presentation was good, and he, he covered all the issues that you need to do. I, I think he was a little more aggressive than he should, should have been. I, he had this assumption that certain people were going to be jerks uh, although he used a more a less a, word, a more foul word um, just assumed going in and I think it's better not to assume that I mean obviously there are real jerks in the free software I mean, community but he assumed it from the get-go I cases. think you kind of have to plan that someone's gonna be a jerk because yeah. someone will always be a jerk so when you're planning what you're gonna do you have to kind of assume that someone will be a jerk but yeah. assume that each individual won't be you know? Yeah, I, yeah, it's 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 a tough line to walk. I think so. it is a tough line to walk, and I mean, you know, I think we're two of the only other people who have sort of had, or I mean, there are some others, but have had yeah. this experience of, you know, having to stalk developers, and yeah, yeah. you know, I, I I had the experience of even sending someone to a person's porch, um, in a, it was too far away for me to go that. individually. Yeah. Um, but you know, I mean, that's sometimes the way, and you know, also talking to. Uh, to people who, you know, families of people who have died, and it's yeah, yeah, hard I, work. I, that it's, that one I've done multiple it's times. It's hard work and yeah. um, and exhausting, and um, you know, kudos to him for having done it so thoroughly. Yeah, I, I think I think the, the nobody disagrees with up. his methods. I I'm in dis, I, I'm dubious about all the reasons he stated. This idea that that we couldn't get help with GPL enforcement, so we relicensed. Yeah. Um, I'm I, with you on that. I mean, Jerv asked that at the end. Yeah. I, I assume that was Jerv, right? Yeah, I, I, think I wasn't it was, in the room. Yeah. So, okay, yeah, and it, it you know, I, I kind of agree with that. It was a little confusing. Yeah, and, and also, 
it's really easy to violate the LGPL as well. And and most of the types of violations he were talking about, he was talking about would be LGPL violations as well. So so it, it has a certain logic to it if they had gone to say Apache license, right? Right. Well that was the that's what they discussed at the in the end during the QA. Yeah. And actually the QA is quite good, so we'll yeah. leave it in. Yeah. because uh, you can hear all the questions. But um, but I mean that that was the yeah. discussion. But but he quickly switched, you know, during the talk from talking about it was a violations issue, and then he said things like companies like the LGPL. Yeah, it's really about the it's really about the classic trade off between copyleft and non copyleft is the less copyleft you have, the more popular your code is, generally speaking. It's easy to trade off between software freedom and popularity. It's a, it's a, it's a common trade off, and so his goal really was to make VLC's code base more popular with people who prefer more permissively licensed stuff. And LGPL is a nice halfway point. And I agree with his arguments that their competitors in the free software space are LGPL, most of them. And mm -hmm. the, the FFmpeg library is LGPL and so forth. So um, from that point of view, that argument makes sense to me. I don't necessarily agree with it, no, but no, it makes sense to right. me. Because I think he's not giving rationale. VLC, frankly, I think he's not giving VLC enough credit. I think VLC is a better software program than a lot of those other options, and therefore having a GPL was a real advantage. It was that's why I, why did you leave us? Like a, having a strong copyleft program that's the best option really is good for free software, good for copyleft when its competitors are not as good. Which I yeah, think and I think that it's problematic that so many different projects, it, you know, have are sort of switching to. Less strong copy lab. Not so many, but yeah. but as, when they do, it's just it's an overall eroding of the at least even perceived strength of mm. of strong yeah. copy left, which is sad. Well, one of the goofy one of the other goofy reasons he gave is that people were afraid of GPLv3, and that was one of the reasons for switching, which makes no sense as well because GPLv2 or later doesn't mean you have to be under GPLv3, and VLC was GPLv2 or later from basically its inception, yeah. and so. Uh, it, it, and then later he talks about the Android version that they are producing is going to be under GPLv3. So it's sort of like contradictory. It's like, well, if you were afraid of GPLv3, why is the Android? Yeah, I started to look at the VLC, you know, at the different, at the wiki pages and stuff to try to get more information. And mm -hmm. it, it really, you know, there's some stuff about, you know, installation information. And, but I, I didn't really necessarily find such a, a coherent explanation except for the fact that they thought it would assist them with adoption. GPLv3 would. No. The GPL, LGPL. LGPL. Yeah. And so, and GPLv2 doesn't require installation information uh, in, in the same right. way as v3. It does require scripts to control installation, but so does LGPL. That's the issue. Is like, is like again, you, you go back to these things like, okay, so if it's if it's the issue is you don't want people to have to give, so you, your issue with GPLv2 is, oh, it says you must include scripts to control installation. Um, well... LGPL requires that for the LGPL parts. So right. you don't have to require insta give installation scripts for your non -ed. But in fact, I've found in enforcement, actually, that LGPL compliance on installation questions is tougher because you have to be able to drop in a replacement of the LGPL parts and still have it combine correctly with the mm. proprietary parts. And LGPL actually requires this. Um, it doesn't require compatibility when you've made changes to the API and so forth, but it does require that you be able to debug modifications, uh, your own modifications, the LGPL stuff against the binary. There's a whole section in LGPL about this. And actually, I, I, would be, I would love to see a detailed policy analysis of the difficulties in complying with that in an app store scenario versus the G straight GPLv2. But I don't think that was the real motivator here. Like, 
that, and that's what we were talking well, about. Well, but yeah, it's it's a question. Of, but I'm, the real motivator clearly was adoption. I think that yeah. that was correct. And if if the adoption relates to a compliance question, then this compliance question is relevant because I right. think that's the point: is that people are more likely to adopt a permissive license. So a lot of the arguments for the relicensing would make sense if they were going full Apache, which I'm I'm frankly glad they didn't. So I'm oh almost, well, absolutely. I'm almost uh, you know loath to say well, that. I was surprised I to hear you say that actually. Well. You know, I, I prefer. But if you're going to do it, do it, right? Logic. I, well, I prefer those arguments to be logical in yeah. the sense that that going to LGPL for the reasons he stated doesn't make it doesn't make a lot of logical sense. Going to Apache with all the reasons he stated is pretty logical. It yeah, would be, on the other hand, disaster. if they felt, felt that it would encourage adoption but still could keep them somewhere in copyleft land, you know, yeah, I, I don't. Then I can understand uh, that. I'm, it's kind of a how. splitting the baby kind of approach to it. And should be told that's how a lot of decisions get made because you've got a big community with a lot of contributors. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, I, so you have to make everybody happy, and it's not always like the clearest logical argument that keeps everybody happy and allows you to move forward. Yeah, and the last thing I'll say, which I've said to Jean Baptiste personally multiple times, is that is that I I want to be very clear that my disagreements about VLC's decision it's it's a policy agreement among what I would consider friends, and I think I think Jean Baptiste has often felt. That, that, that he's being attacked by me or by others in the free software community for, for doing something he thinks is right. I mean, there's still a free software project. Oh, and, absolutely. And I, and I want to be really clear about an that. An awesome because, free software project. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm a, I use it every day. I'm a fan of it and so forth. So um, I use it to check. I was just using it a minute ago to check recordings levels on the uh, playing back a file from recording this very oddcast. So my view is that, that it's possible to have policy disagreements among people who work together and agree. I have a policy disagreement. It's sort of like when you go and, and look at it, it, not the best example, but you look at people in Congress, like all of them care about the United States. They have huge policy disagreements, but they're not like traitors to the United States because they disagree. I think it's a bad policy. example. It is a bad example. <laughs> Why do you think some people in Congress are Just traitors to the United States? because our politicians are so slimy. Yeah, I guess that's true. Like, but it's totally not the same we're thing. We're both free software politicians. You do realize that, right? Who? You and me. We're both free and software politicians. And Baptiste, too. Different. It's a totally different it's thing. It's politics. not analogous. It's still politics. I looked up the definition of politics to verify this. But this is not... And we, we are involved in politics. Do you want me to look up the definition of politics and show you that we're involved in politics? You will be technically correct, and yet... That's the best kind of correct. <laughs> it doesn't encompass everything I'm trying to say, which is that the way that our political system, you know, in the United States is structured is that it promotes people who are not very um, ideologically motivated and yeah, encourages right. uh, well, know, we, some have, degree of corruption. And, and I think we have honest politicians and, and, and corrupt politicians in, in both free software and in the I think if you United and I States. are free software politicians, uh, we're not really getting uh, corporate buyouts or, you know, like we're not yeah. getting... But there are there are some. I, I mean, I won't list names here because I'm a good politician. But um, there there are names that you and I could list off the air uh, of people we know are politicians in the truest sense of of, uh, of a lobby. I guess there are scummy lobby. people anywhere, but yeah. in the in so. our U.S. political system, it's uh, it's institutionalized and formalized. Yeah, and and. Uh, and uh, this upset uh, Alf, my, my male dog Alfie very much. I can understand that, really. Hey, Politics hey, Alfie, is very, very distressing. Yeah. And the idea so, that anyone could be so easily corrupted yeah. um, would upset any uh, Alfie is a corrupt dog. I mean, basically, he can be bribed completely with food. It's, it's like he, he'll do anything for food. And not Winnie? Um, Winnie is less bribable with food. Really? Slightly. But alpha, alpha, yes. But also probable. They're, they're all, they're, 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 dogs they are, are dogs. completely food motivated, brain damaged, wolves. Well, and these, I mean, this breed in 
relative. To you can say the breed. It's the, the people are going to look at the yeah, pictures. Yeah, that's true. Know. That's true. They are pugs, so yeah. they they are challenged in many ways yeah, that other dogs are not necessarily link, as challenged. I will link to the Onion article, which I showed my wife when she said she preferred this breed, which says that uh, the Onion headline is pugs recalled due to serious manufacturer defects. <laughs> and while I'm looking at Alfie right now, his tongue is hanging out of his mouth. Well, Adorably. But that's because he's missing teeth in the front. Adorably. So we need to stop talking. We, we cannot turn this into okay. a dog. No, podcast. no. Is there we anything We talked more about my dogs than we talked about your daughter. Hey, you remember that, that the coffee talk thing on SNL? Yes. We've talked about daughters and dogs both it's on this true, podcast. It's true. We have. Yeah. This is a, a Saturday Night What I think is hilarious I'm, is that you know that that's making fun of the accent that I grew up with. Yes, I know that. Okay. That's just, why I brought it up. That's just, one of the reasons Just I checking. It. Is that, is that a, are you offended by it? Stop banging no. the battery. Oh, I'm sorry. She's banging a battery on the desk, which is probably louder than the dogs because it's closer to the mic. Um, um, no, I'm not offended. I'm just confused. Con- uh, confused? Why? And now I'm even more confused. Why? Because we talked to... Cause was, well, so let's get... So are we... I think we're, we've really said everything about John baptistes yeah, yeah, talk that true. I think we but wanted to. Did we want there, to talk we about anything else? We do have listeners else? who listen through for the off-topic stuff, so... so I suppose so. This is the, well, here's an We're off, finishing up our off-topic Easter egg now, so we're moving back. on topic, okay. which is that uh, Guadic was awesome. Well, I, yeah, we missed you, you at back. Uh, yeah, well, I've only been to... I've been to less than half the Guadics. Remember, I did the math. But you've been to more Guadics than I have. Is That's that true? actually true, yes. Um... It's true at this point. Yeah, well, probably next year it won't be. I think I've been to five. Oh yeah, you've been to more than yeah. me. If you count the desktop summits as Guadix, which I, I I do because two yeah. of my Guadix, Guadix were desktop, desktop summits. summits. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and it was so, great. And we announced that. I'm the, sure it was better than Oscon. Oscon was. Ah, Oscon oh, was totally depressing. My goodness, it was so. Depressing. Yeah, but it was productive. So at least it's productive, that. but it's 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 like it's going to a conference of politicians. You know, that's why it's so depressing. No, it's worse. <laughs> It's worse than that. Yeah, is it worse? It is worse. I mean, I don't, I don't know. I, I'm trying to think of like a good analogy, but it's not. It's, it's not. What partially what's so depressing is that you know is how many Macs there are in the audience. That's not really. Yeah, most people use Macs now. I mean, it's just so depressing. It's, and what was even more depressing was that in all of the the booths, like in the mm. expo booths. Almost all of the display computers were running proprietary systems and were not even trying to hide it with, like, you know, splash screens and things like that the way they may have done in the past. Yeah. There was no effort to obscure the fact that they were running proprietary software on those display systems. Yeah, I mean, this is why I make a distinction between open source and free software, which you usually hate. I just but. don't think that the the distinction in the terms is very useful. Yeah, but it's that's, way I mean, too that's, confusing that's open source to do culture. that. And not free software culture. Although Jean Baptiste made a in his talk to get back on topic a, a, a distinction, he said that copyright assignment is open source, not free software, which I thought was even for somebody like me who makes a distinction between the two terms that made no sense. This to is me. why it's not good to make a distinction oh, because, people because everybody makes stuff. the distinction differently, and when it comes down to it, what is considered an open source software license is also a free software. By the way, my dog Alfie is very interested in what Karen's saying right now, but I think it's because he thinks the battery that she now has in her hand instead of banging on the table is a treat, which is pretty funny. Um, Yeah. But that's okay. He's motivated. Maybe he's just interested in um, these critical issues about free and open source software. Nah, he's corrupt. (laughs) He's corrupted by food. Okay, so uh, I think that's pretty much all we want to talk about. Do you want to say anything more about Quadic? Just that we announced that the Linux Foundation joined GNOME's advisory board. That was pretty exciting. Oh, we should have mentioned that last episode. We couldn't because it wasn't official yet. 
Oh, but we could have oh, added, recorded a little piece uh, about it because I didn't, we knew we, it was coming. That's true. It, it had already happened once the. Uh, That's once true. So, That's true. So we'll try to do more of that in the future, where we have little pieces recorded about things that we can tack on at the right moment to the right episode. So that's exciting. We had like, the conference was just incredible, productive. Guadalc is just one of the best. I think it is the best conference. It's incredibly energizing and fun. So yeah, actually Guadalc is, uh, I, I have a blog post I'll link to in the show notes, a blog post that I made about a Guadalc years ago about how, how good Guadalc is as far as being an inspirational conference for wanting to do free software development uh, and being involved in it. There aren't many like that. Um, it was a really Fos- Fosdom actually isn't like that because Fosdom is kind of crazy. It's so big. It's way. the problem. It's like just like this big. It's just it's not focused enough. Yeah. Um, but uh, but leading up to Guadalc, there was a blog post um, by Lionel Drico saying, "Will this be the last Guadalc?" And it caused much kerfuffle. And I, you know, I think people were worried that it was going to sort of take some of the enthusiasm out of uh, Guadalc. The post itself was quite positive, but the headline was so dramatic that it got picked up everywhere. You know how the tech press is. Yes, um, I do. I'm not a fan of the tech but, press, as mentioned on yeah, the show before. But we've had, um, but I think maybe even because of that, there were a lot of really great discussions at Guadalc and a lot of really um, good actions coming. I, I look forward to uh, Lionel said he's posting his follow-up blog post, which will be Rumors of the last Guadalc greatly exaggerated. <laughs> oh, that's good. Yeah. So it was really amazing. Just so fun. Well, congratulations to the GNOME Foundation on a good conference. And yeah, with that, we'll, I guess, wrap this episode up. So, Karen, I mentioned uh, either in this episode or a previous one, depending on when this gets aired, that uh, we should try, which we failed to do for your uh, Linux Foundation, uh, mm-hmm. Gnome Foundation announcement, to have little tidbits recorded that Dan can edit in at the right moment when we know what the release date's going to be. If, if there's news that we knew was coming that wasn't quite ready yet. So you have news. So we have news, which I can't talk about publicly at the time of recording, but through the wonders of the podcast time travel into the future. Let's just hope it's not leaked. We can talk about it. <laughs> The, well, this is and that's funny be, because because well, there, there, <laughs> you know that, that's I mean, the funny thing was is that this issue um, was was more that the, the the leak thing was a red herring. Uh, that's how many people found out about it. That there was on GitHub a code that was marked uh, Samsung proprietary that was a module uh, uh, for Linux. Uh, so most people found out about this through this so-called leak. There was code posted on GitHub that was labeled a source code that was labeled Samsung proprietary. It was right. a module for Linux. Um, but it turned out when Conservancy did our usual uh, diligence and investigation into the matter that, in fact, this had been distributed already in Samsung tablet products as binary form only. So it was a standard GPLv2 section 3 uh, no source or offer violation that was brought to the attention of the world through this so-called leaked code. Now, I think the, the, the leaker, while they might have had the best intentions at heart, they actually made things worse, not better, uh, for free software. Because it, it, it wasn't the right way to deal with the situation. The right way to deal with the situation is report the violation to people like the Conservancy who can do enforcement. Right. And somebody could have reported that violation to us and we I would have worked like on it. I think trying to leak information is trendy right now. Yeah, but leaking the source code doesn't help. I mean, if, if an internal person at, no, at, at a company wrote to me and said, I want, like, like used an anonymous remailer and sent me an email saying, look into this product, I work there, um, I know that it's violating, mm-hmm. here's the product number, 
uh, you should definitely do this. It's a major violation, right? I would I would totally investigate that. Out of, I would move it to the top of the queue out of curiosity alone. To That's not as dramatic. Um, it's not as dramatic and it doesn't get them this big, you know, the big credit. Right. So, um, so in the end, Conservancy did what it always does. We, we went and talked with Samsung about the problem. And I, I, I've actually been really, imp- since the lawsuit, uh, Samsung was a, a defendant in one of the Samsungs. There's lots of different Samsung entities. But the Samsung entity that produces the TVs uh, was in a lawsuit with Conservancy. And they actually did a really good job in their source release. Their source release has more information than GPL even requires, so much so that that it launched a thing called SamiGo, which is a basically a modified firmware for Samsung TVs. And it's pretty much, as far as I know, the only TV that really has a community of, mo- of firmware modders that's great. for it. And that's thanks to Samsung releasing more than they needed to, basically, than GPL required. Like, they didn't want to do the minimum by GPL. Um, they wanted to do... Um, <laughs> I'm laughing because there's the growling in the uh, background. Yeah, it's, it's, not, it's adorable. It's we should probably... growling This is... Stuff. But, uh, basically, that is yeah. the news. Yeah. And so that's the news. Yeah. And that's the news. And... Um, you can read on the Conservancy's website the statement, and Samsung came around and released the source code legitimately under GPL yeah. uh, v2 uh, to be combined with Linux under Linux's license. So that's the big news. Folks should read Conservancy's website about it. Well, thank you. Uh, you know, it was a, it was lots of help from people inside Samsung and throughout the community uh, who who were working on the issue. Great. Reason Freedom is produced by Dan Lynch of Pod Factory and can be found at podfactory.org. Thanks to Mike Tarantino for our theme music. This episode of Reason Freedom is licensed under the Creative Commons Attribution Sharealike 3.0 United States license. You can follow Reason Freedom, Bradley, and Karen on Identica, and also read Bradley's and Karen's blogs. Links can be found on the Reason Freedom website, faith.us. That's faif.us. see it turn solid and then the numbers will start ticking which means it's recording make sense right no yeah so we're gonna watch the proprietary stuff there's nothing can be done the the user interface is very poor i agree bradley alex and stephanie are here but what do i have to constantly check this no